The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. We have the great joy of dedicating Harmony Joy Snyder. So the whole Snyder family come with that. Alexandria, come. Would you put your hands together for these guys? Here, just come all the way up on the on the platform. All right, get that camera ready. Here, come all the way up here. Come on. I think we've got family members here. You guys can come. your hands towards this precious little one. Now again, this is not when we believe that somebody gets saved. It's just passing on the patriarchal blessing of the people of faith from generation to generation. And so Father, we thank and praise you for harmony, joy. We bless her today. We set her apart, God, today. And we pray down upon her the blessing, the patriarchal blessing of the faith has passed down from generation to generation of those that love you. I pray, God, not only for her, but for her parents as they raise her and nurture and admonition of the Lord. They teach her to discern, teach her the Word of God, teach her to walk in your ways, teach her to pray, teach her to live for you and amongst this generation that is crooked and depraved. God, we ask for your blessing to rest upon harmony and joy. If there be any need of healing, God, we pray, even while she was yet in her mother's womb, you'd bring healing right now, and that you would bless her and use her for the expansion of your kingdom. When she comes of age, she'll choose to serve you and live for you with all her heart. So we dedicate her unto your service now. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts chapter 17. We stand, somebody said, Pastor, why do we stand? Because it's a, it's a way of showing honor. And um, so we're standing in honor of the word. Uh, just a couple things let me emphasize. Um, Dr. Morocco, our senior leader, uh, has been traveling through the U.S. visiting the different churches. He will be here for one night, tomorrow night. 7 o'clock. It is going to be a blowout service. We'll pull every chair out that we have. You want to come a little bit early. Building will be open by 6. All right. And uh, he'll be preaching, and, and uh, it's going to be awesome. We, now, we usually have like a little Christmas banquet, 
but we can't have a Christmas banquet anymore because we're too small a building and we couldn't, rent, we, we couldn't find space to rent at the sports complex. We couldn't get a big facility anywhere. So anyway, we're building one. Maybe by next year we'll be in it in Jesus' name. Amen. So you don't want to miss that. Also, uh, one more thing. Acts 17's where you're turning. If one of my ushers would just grab one of those little angel tree things for me real quick, like, all right, very good. Uh, our children's ministry is pushed, Angel Tree, please, has pushed near 200 kids. And um, every year what we do is we give gifts to all those kids and bring one of these angel trees. I remember we had like 20 tags on it the first year we were here. Now we have almost 200 kids that we're going to bless. And if you see these little trees out there, for instance, this one is a tag. It says B, which means boy. And you turn it over and it will tell you for what age your boy, four to five years old, and uh, anywhere between five to ten dollars, all right? Don't go crazy, no Xbox One, Xbox One or anything like that. They bust out the Xbox, and then everybody wonders why they get ripped off. So uh, you, you let the Lord use you to bless them. Won't you consider, let, consider getting a gift for one of the kids? And what we do is on our Christmas, Sunday before Christmas, we'll line this whole place out and, and bless all the children. How many of you think that'd be a good idea? It's a, it's a very touching service, so... Yeah, and some of those children, it might be the only gift that they get. So just keep that in mind. I know many, many of you are blessed. Praise God. You can bless your kids. But it's an opportunity for us to, to bless the church and bless the family. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Alex. Acts, Acts chapter 17, if you're there, say amen. And find verse 16. Acts 17, verse 16, reading from the King James Version today. You ready? Acts 17, verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met met with him. Verse 18. Then certain Epicurean, pardon me, I've got another version going in my head. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, what will this babbler say? Others, some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. What did he preach? Jesus and the resurrection, verse 19. And they took him and brought, brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine wherefore thou speak is. Go down to verse 32. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from them, howbeit certain men clave unto him, and believed among them, which is Dionysus of the Ergopagite, and a woman named Demarius, and others with them. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do this morning, Lord, this afternoon now. Move in great power. Come on, lay hands on your own heart. Ask God to talk to you today. Come on, ask God to minister to you, speak to you. Lord, we don't need another lecture. We don't need just a religious exercise. Lord, we need impartation from heaven. Speak to us, I pray. May you get all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
I want to talk to you about giving the greatest gift of the season. In fact, it's the greatest gift of any season. When I come towards the holidays, and of course today is the first day of Hanukkah, how many of you know why the Festival of Lights is celebrated? Does anybody know why the Festival of Lights is celebrated? The reason it's celebrated is because during the Maccabean Wars, they were able to overthrow Rome and, uh, and burn the oil. They had oil for one day and the lamp of the Lord in the temple, and it burned for seven, and it was miraculous. And it's called the Festival of Lights that God multiplied that oil and caused it to burn for seven days. And so that's one of the reasons that we celebrate, that they celebrate the, the holiday Hanukkah. Of course, Christmas. How many of you know Jesus wasn't born on Christmas? All right. Praise God. But we do celebrate his birth. And in fact, we'd just come back from Bethlehem and the Holy Land. And what a time we had there. The greatest gift you could give during the holiday season is really the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the year was 1973. I was a wee lad. And I, I wrote, uh, you know, wrote out my Santa Claus list, made it known to my, my parents. And one of the gifts that I wanted, I mean, I wanted it more than anything. I remember it so vividly. And I, I got it from a commercial. I'm going to show you the commercial. We're going to go ahead and put that on. It's a commercial from 1973 that got me hooked on this gift that I wanted. Go ahead and show that. The bank robbers are getting away. Birdie Bird Air Police Chopper takes off. Headquarters has them on the screen. They're turning south onto Route 5, and you're after them. You drop the roadblock and go for a hookup. Now you move it forward, steady it, and lower it. You've got them. Now you bring them in. 10-4. The Birdie Bird Air Police comes with everything you see here. It's new from a Now, how many of you remember the Verdi Bird? You're over 40 plus. So I saw that commercial, that exact commercial. I mean, it wasn't one like that. It was that one. And uh, when I saw it, I wrote out my list, and I said to my mom, now, Mom, I don't know if you remember this. This is my wonderful mother, but I harassed you incessantly about getting me a Verdi bird. And it was like day in, day out, day in, day out, and I wore you down, Mama. I wore you down. And I remember coming out of the store once. I said, come on, I'm a Verdi bird. And I, I'm sure I didn't talk like that because well, I got a hook in the ear. How many of you know what that is? You know? And I harassed her to the point where she said, we got you one. Okay, you got one. I thought, awesome. But it wasn't so much a surprise. I'll never forget bringing that Verdi bird and flying it around and learning how to use it and, you know, flying it around in my room and I got it too close to a bedpost and I crashed that thing and it broke off one of the blades and it, thank God for crazy glue, which came out, I think, about the same year. God has gifts for you and for me, for us. But the greatest gift that he has is, is something that you can't buy. The greatest gift that God has is something that, that you can't purchase with money. You, you could write it on a list. You could try to earn it. The greatest gift this season really is Jesus. It's Christ. And I want to talk about that. God is, a, God is a speaking God. Everybody say that. God's a speaking God. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 in the past 
God spoke through our ancestors and through the prophets many times in various ways. But in these last days, He's spoken by His Son. The fact is that God is a speaking God, and He sent His Son into the earth, and that's the reason Jesus is the reason for the season. And He's called all of us to be ambassadors, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Now, we do have notes. Some of you got notes out there. All right, good. You go ahead and fill those. How many of you need notes? You didn't get any. All right, good. Right there, over here on this side. Ushers, would you help us with the note distribution before the blood runs out of their hands? Over here for my brother Gary. Praise God. We're called to be ambassadors and to speak on Christ's behalf, which is amazing to me. It is, it is amazing that God would choose us to be his spokesman. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would be the first-round draft pick. I mean, if I'm God looking at me, I'm thinking, but yet we see him using even a donkey. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Go to the NIV version, please. New International Version on the screen. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I mean, that's an amazing thing. The most important message on the entire planet, or ever will be, and he entrusts it to the likes of us to make his appeal through you, through me. God uses us. Come on, somebody say, Lord, use me. It's called evangelism. The Greek word is euangelium. From that Greek word, we get good news or gospel. We get the in euangelium. From that Greek word, we're to understand that we are we're called to be sharing the good news of Jesus. Called every one of us. No, that's for evangelists. No, 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 no. It's for everybody. Everybody should learn to share the good news, the gospel, in some way, shape, or form. So let's talk about evangelism here for a second. Evangelism releases the power of God. Romans 1 and 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Literally, when the gospel, when, when the good news of Jesus Christ, Him crucified for your sin and for mine, resurrected on the third day, when that's declared, it releases God's power. Now I can tell you endless stories about this. I have been taught and I teach all those that I disciple, that you just need to learn to declare the good news of Jesus. Here it is, very simply. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. I declare, I proclaim that Jesus is crucified and rose again on the third day in fulfillment of the Scriptures. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the good news. And so when I walk into a hotel room that feels dark or I enter into a place that, that feels oppressed, I'll just go ahead and, and speak forth. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross, that you rose again from the grave. Thank you that darkness cannot stay here. I proclaim the gospel in this place. And so one of our pastors years ago was witnessing and went into a nursing home. Actually, it was a hospital, pardon me. And went into a hospital room of a lady by the name of... Um, Mrs. Hasegawa. Now, we lived in the Hawaiian Islands for a number of years, and Hasegawa General Store, out in Hana, this was the, the 
Mrs. Hasegawa. They were longtime Buddhists, as I recall. And I think back in the years that my mother used to live out there, I used to run through those streets, and I remember running into that general store so on fire, so full of the Spirit, I felt like God spoke to me. But it could have even been audible. Preach to all creation, son. That's when I preached to cows. I was up there as a group of cows, and I told them that Jesus loved them. I think I saw a hoof go up. That's my... I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I, I'm not joking about the preaching. I declare, I mean, I practice preaching on cows. It's really not much different these days, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on, smile and say he's choking. He's really not talking about you. Go ahead, tell your neighbor. He's not talking about you. All right. I remember running into this Hasegawa general store and just saying, I just want all of you to know that Jesus loves you. And they're like, oh, you dumb howly. You know, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but I didn't get warmly received and everybody give their hearts to Jesus or anything. Years later, I'm talking 10 years later, one of our pastors goes into this hospital room and it happens to be Mrs. Hasegawa's hospital room. And he goes in with a little script. We were all witnessing and winning souls and, and, uh, and going house to house and door to door. Come on, the cults, the, 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 the cults do it for a lie. I think we ought to do it for the truth. I'm going to say amen. And he went into that room and the nurse said, let him go in there was, you know, not real nice about it. Like, you know, go ahead. Yeah, you can go in there. Uh-huh. Go ahead. He goes in and he shares the gospel. He comes out and the nurse says to him, uh, how was that? He says, it was fine. She received the Lord. He said, what? She's deaf. He, the nurse says to her, she's deaf. He said, well, she was listening when I tell her and she prayed the sinner's prayer right out loud and she died three days later. The gospel has the power of God. When you declare, when you proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it's the power to translate somebody out of the kingdom of darkness into light. Colossians chapter 1 and 13 talks about that. He's rescued us. Want to know what you've been rescued from? He's rescued you from the dominion of hell. He rescued you and me from the dominion of darkness, says Colossians 1.13, and brought us into the kingdom of Son in whom He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So really, the good news of Jesus is the greatest gift because it's the gift that keeps on giving, and it's eternal. It's eternal, and really all of us were headed to hell, but God, through His own Son, sent a way for us to be redeemed, sent a way for us to be translated out of darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Now keep in mind, when He comes into your life, he comes into your heart or into your spirit. You still need to renew this. You still need to change your stinking thinking. So if you do, you just receive the Lord. That's wonderful. That's the beginning. Well, that's enough to make it to heaven, have your sin forgiven. But if that was the sole purpose of you being saved, you would drop dead Johnny on the spot right after you said amen. Lord, forgive me my sin. I love you. Amen. And that'd be it. But no, 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 you're here, and you're here for a purpose. So many, so many, especially these days, are putting faith in the political system. And so, well, if we just had a different president, if we just had a different, if they would just stop this socialist stuff, if we could just, oh, can I, it put 2 Timothy 2 on, verse 1 
if you would. I'm going to tell you that, that no matter what comes into the White House, no matter who's elected, that is not going to bring revival to America. Oh, we need a change. I'm not afraid to say that. We need a great change. There's no doubt. I mean, same-sex marriage. So I get a political in church. I get political in this church. A little bit. I can help myself. Because if somebody doesn't say what the truth is, I mean, who is going to say it? Very good. Praise God. I'm going to go encourage myself. Yes, pastor, preach. Preach it. It doesn't matter, red or yellow, black or white. That has nothing to do with it. It's truth. And truth is based upon the Word of God. You can't vote in same-sex marriage. You can't, you can't endorse abortion. You can't, you can't do the things our nation is doing and not end up really having the land vomit out the inhabitants. We need a great change, and we need righteousness exalts a people. Sin is a reproach to... Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. It's all about sin. It's all about the issues. Government's not going to bring revival. Here's the role of government. You then, my son, be strong. That's the grace that's in Christ. Go to verse 2. And these things I've heard and say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to... Do I got that right? Maybe it's 1 Timothy. Pardon me. 1 Timothy. I'm so sorry. They got it right. I've given you a bad address. Although that's a great scripture. There we go. Timothy... Uh, my son in the faith, grace, mercy, peace. Verse 2, the great father, the Lord Jesus Christ. As I urge you and went to Macedonia, I think I should probably look at my notes. Jesus, help me. Go to verse 4. That's it. I got to look at my notes. 1 Timothy 2, 1. I'm just making sure you guys are paying attention. <laughs> verse 1. 1 Timothy 2, 1. Chapter 2. All right, it's on you now. I got the right verse now. Praise God. Yes. I got it. We got it. Hey, right on. Awesome. High five in the spirit. Come in. I urge you then, first of all, that prayers and petitions, intercession with thanksgiving be made for all people. Verse 2 for kings and for those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. The, the role, one of the major roles of government is, is to allow for us to live peaceful, quiet lives in godliness and holiness, literally to do the job of evangelizing our nation. That's really the job. The job of government is to cre create that kind of atmosphere so we can pre preach the gospel and, and reach people. Can you say Amen. There's many other scriptures. I don't want to min, you know, minimize it too much. But it's, it's very simple. If you look for the White House to bring revival, it's not going to happen. It's the church. It's the church. It's God's people. It's the, it's the bride of Christ that's going to rise up in a God-given, blood-bought right and begin to declare the truth, live the truth, vote the truth, begin to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It's, it's, that's what it's about. So let's look at our text. Paul... Where he's been, he'd been in Troas. He gets his revelation in Troas from the Macedonian man. It's rather um, amazing. You can read this in the book of Acts. He's on his second missionary journey with Silas. Pick up Timothy. He's in Troas and he just is hindered by the Holy Spirit, which is remarkable to me. That the Holy Spirit says, don't go over there. 
And we don't really understand why he doesn't want to go over there. He's hindered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit won't let him go. If you study the life of Peter, you'll find that actually Peter was evangelizing the very place that he wanted to go, and the Holy Spirit said no. Why? Because there could be... There could be contention, confusion, building on another man's foundation, as the Apostle Paul said. Whatever the case is, the timing wasn't right, Peter was there, so on and so forth. The Holy Spirit said, no, you're not preaching the gospel over there. That's kind of amazing, that the Spirit of Jesus would stop him. How many of you know the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing? Somebody going to get that. And so a Macedonian man appears to him, and from that he concludes in this vision to go to Macedonia. And he heads down to Macedonia, Philippi. And he starts a church, and he uh, begins to witness, and he uh, has this woman who has a, uh, this woman follows him after many days, Paul being greatly annoyed, turns around and rebukes this demon spirit, it's a python spirit on this woman who used to bring her, her owners lots of money through her divination, it's a, a python spirit. And as he casts this devil out, they're then thrown in jail. How many of you know the story? They're thrown in jail, but in the midnight hour, in the inner prison, began to sing hymns and clap their hands and stomp their feet and shout. And all the prisoners that are looking on with them, they all get set free. God comes with an earthquake. The gates are open. The chains fall off. And he, he goes on from that place, and he goes to Thessalonica, and there's a riot there. And Jews stir up people, and there's a riot. Then they, they, they smuggle him out. And he goes to a place called Berea, and some of the Thessalonian thugs follow him. And they stir up problems there and cause another riot. And he's sent to Athens from there by the disciples, basically for vacation. I mean, that's how I look at it. I mean, the guy's been preaching, teaching. He's laid up under a pile of rocks. He's getting persecuted. He's been jailed. And they're like, Paul, you need to chill. Just head off to Athens and, and take a break. And it says in the text that we read, it says, Why, after these things, Paul departed. And, oh, pardon me. They, they waited for them in Athens. So he's there in Athens. And while he's there, he's distressed, says the NIV. He's stirred up, says the King James. The New King James says perplexed because the city is full of idols. Now, I, I might preach for a second. Why would he be distressed because the whole city's filled with idols? Ask yourself that question. What's the big deal? You see, in our day and age, people say, well, all roads lead to heaven. It's all good as long as you believe, which we don't believe that anyway. I mean, even the people that say that don't believe that. Because if they believe you've joined the firstborn of the boiling water poured in your lap, brethren... And so I believe I can pour boiling water in your lap and it's all good. Do you believe that's good? No, so you don't believe that what I believe is good. We don't believe that. We don't believe it's okay to go down and mow down 14 people. Is it okay what they, as long as you believe what you believe? That's a bunch of uh, politically correct nonsense. So Paul's in this city of Athens, and as he's looking around, he's stirred, he's perplexed, he, he's bothered by all the idols. And the reason he is, is because he understands what happens to those that are, live a life of idolatry. And I'm convinced that many people aren't distressed in our nation because they don't really believe what Paul believed. They don't really believe what, as believers in Jesus Christ and the, and the Bible believe. What are you saying? 
First of all, he knew that they had broken two commandments. Make, have no other gods, make no graven image. They'd broken both of them. He knew, he knew Romans. He wrote it. It's the greatest theological treatise that Paul ever wrote. Romans caused more revivals than any other Bible in the book of, in, in the, the other book of the Bible, any of the one. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. The word death in the Greek is thanatos. It means separation from, and it's not, it's not anathema. It's not, it's not as some cults would teach, you just disappear, and then you're no, no more. No, no, no. It's separation from clearly talking about a place called hell. Now, hell's not talked about too much because it's not a real popular topic. Because the truth is, in most places, people can name the name of Jesus, call themselves a Christian, fornicate left and right, and have all kinds of idolatry and believe that they're just going to heaven. Newsflash, you're mistaken if you believe that way. You say, you're making me uncomfortable. Good. I'd rather have you be uncomfortable now, repent, get right, than be in the lake of fire later. And so the Apostle Paul, he knew that hell was real. Fill in your notes. Hell is real. <laughs> I remember inviting somebody to church, which I do all the time. And they said, oh, yeah, I haven't been to church in a long time. You know, the thing I don't like about church, you know, is that hellfire preaching stuff. Are you one of those hellfire guys? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but with the love, come on, we try to put some sugar on it, but make it plain. I'm preaching on hell all the time. We're always talking about Jesus Christ crucified for your sin and mine. We're always giving an opportunity for people to get saved. There is something to be saved from. Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven. Hello? 2 Corinthians 5, 11, Since then we know the fear of the Lord. Another version says the terror of the Lord. Terror? 2 Corinthians 5, 11, New King James, if you would. 2 Corinthians 5.11, since we then know the, the terror, one version says. Terror? Can you ask yourself, just rhetorically, in other words, in your own heart, what is the terror of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? Since then we know what the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. We persuade men. And then he's saying, man, I understand something about the reality of heaven, about the reality of hell, about the fear of the Lord. I'm going to persuade everybody I can. That's the Apostle Paul. And so he sees these idols and he begins to persuade. And he begins to talk to people. He knew that he had to give an account. 2 Corinthians 5.10. Put that up, New King James, if you would. Well, that'll work. There we go. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Listen, I know you're not going to like this next bit of teaching. But it's not just pastors and evangelists and people in full-time ministry that stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You will. You, I thought that was, that's where the people that aren't repented go. No, no, no. They go there too. Everybody's going to get judged. Do you know nations get judged? Do you know America's going to be judged? Nations will be judged. Believers get judged. See, we don't like that because we don't really want to take personal responsibility for our idle words. Sure is quiet in here. Are you guys all right? You all right? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Woo, glad you came to church today. I mean, if anybody needed a vacation, I think it was the Apostle Paul. So why is it as he comes to Athens is because he understood that he had to give an account for his life. And so will you. And so will I. Wow. 
God's love compelled him to do something. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For Christ's love compels us. I'm convinced we all need the love of God in our lives. Some, you know, we need to be baptized afresh in his love. But love will cause you to do things. Love will move you. Love will get you to speak up and say something. Come on, love will protect you. It's love that's protecting your little ones. If somebody comes in a home invasion, God forbid it's love that's going to stand there with a 4570 or whatever you got in the love of God. Come on, all you Alaskans, say amen. That's love. No, think about this. For God so loved the world that he sent his son to get crucified. See, it's an act of justice. You see, your sin, my sin, our sin had to be dealt with, and he dealt with it on his son. It's an act of violence. And when you really realize what he's done, it'll produce in you love. It'll produce in you an overwhelming. Sorry, I messed myself up. Do you know where you would be? Listen, the truth is, whether you've given your heart to Jesus or not today, you're here because God has mercy on you. And he'd bring a bald-headed preacher to tell you right now, there's a hell to shun and not to play games, but to truly give your heart to him. Don't play religious games. Don't do it. Some of you are so bitter and so angry. You need to be baptized into a revelation of what he did for you on the cross. You need to be baptized in his love. You need to be just soaked and saturated in the love of God. God so loved you, so cared for you that he gave his son to die in your place so that you don't have to die, so that you don't have to be under bondage anymore. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be busted. You don't have to be disgusted. You don't have to be addicted. Come on, somebody. Say amen. You can be free. Your marriage can be healed. And you can spend all kinds of money to lie on a psychiatric couch and come out for that no better. And I'm not saying that doesn't help. Counseling helps. It can certainly help. What we need is not a rule book. We need a Savior is what we need. And when you get in touch with the truth of what the Word of God says, it'll put a burning love in your heart that you won't actually want to hurt Him anymore. When it becomes real. Legalism does all the right stuff for all the wrong reasons. A, a Christian who has relationship, it's about a relationship with God. A Christian will do the right things because he's got a relationship with him. I mean, this is my precious mama. The last thing I would ever want to do is hurt her. Can anybody bear witness to what I'm talking about? Why? It's my mother. I love her. I'll do anything for you. Anything. It's like that. You wouldn't even be alive. You didn't have a mama. Well, you wouldn't be alive either if you didn't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior and holding him on. Your heart beats within your chest because he's sustaining you right now. And when he's done sustaining you, you die. Paul's distressed and he... I'm moved by the fact that he does something. I've been distressed and done nothing. I've been bothered and done nothing. I'd, I'd like to think that those days are gone. 
when you're bothered, when you're, when you're moved, when, when you know that you have to do something instead of ignoring it and putting it, encapsulating it, stuffing it down and, and quenching the Holy Spirit, walking the other way, turning the other way. I've made a decision before the Lord, and I, it, it's, a, it's a very simple thing. But if I ever see cut marks on somebody's arm, and some of you know what I'm talking about with cutters. Some of you don't have any clue about what I'm talking about. But if I ever see that on someone's arm, like when I'm at the store, whatever schedule I have is over. It's whatever amount of time it's going to take to tell them about Jesus and to tell them that they can be free, to tell them they don't have to be depressed and that they can ease the pain once and for all by receiving the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and being born again, I'm going to tell them. And I don't care if it's embarrassing for anybody, I'm going to do it. That's a commitment I have before the Lord. So the truth is, God wants us to make sure that we reach people and let the love of God compel us to do it. Can you say yes? He reasoned, look at C. He reasoned in the synagogue. Now, the King James says it differently. I think the NIV says reasoned. He reasoned in the synagogue and in the marketplace. And it goes on to say, with those who happen to be there. That's verse 17 of our text. Acts 17, verse 17. Those who happen to be there. You know what I've found? There's no such thing. I mean, it says those who happen to be there. But really, what it's saying is that God bring, would bring people to him. Now catch this. The people that are in your life are divinely there, placed there. Even, I believe, by God. Now some of them might be there by Satan. You want to get those ones out. Amen? Jesus said in John 17 to give scriptural backing for what I just said. I've lost none except the son of perdition. (laughs) If the son of perdition's in your life, you probably want to get him out. All right, maybe you'll get that on the way home. People around you, people at work, your, your job, your employer, the people that are part of your family. How many of you know God selected you to be in your family? Like, geez, I'm not sure I like God anymore. Well, he placed you to have a breakthrough. He placed you there to be a, a well digger, to be a source of life, to be a source of hope. With those who happen to be there, he would reason. You know, some people aren't going to get saved unless somebody can argue with them to win over their arguments. Some of you were born to argue. You should learn how to argue the good news of Jesus, to be an an apologist. It says he he shared the gospel daily. Everybody say daily. Daily. Wow. Fantastic. It was a lifestyle. He raised up disciples. Look at E. He raised up what? Disciples. It's crucial for us to do that in this hour, and we're doing a better job than we ever have before. But I'm going to say this. um, If you don't have the life of victory that you hear from this pulpit, take personal responsibility for it. Don't be a victim. Well, it doesn't work for me. That's because you're probably stiff-necked and stubborn. I prayed it didn't work. Then, you, you know, you just, that's a different God than the one I know. And, and the Lord knows, and, and my mom knows, I've vacillated back and forth for years. But something happened. I got desperate. I got broken. Somebody prayed through. I began to actually begin to believe what the Word of God says. And I began to change. I, I began to say, He began to change me. I would come to every service, and not that I'm the paragon of virtue like 
Toby was saying, the greatest marriage, God bless you. You know, listen, you know what, a, a, you know what an oak tree is? It's a nut that held on. Somebody said, he's a mighty oak of righteousness. Dude, he's just a nut that didn't quit. And if you just not quit, if you'll put the word of God deep down in the city of your soul, learn to speak it, learn to, learn to teach it, take your mind and transform it. Don't think like you used to think. Don't put yourself in positions where you're going to be compromised. Learn to live a holy life. Learn to get in love with God and fill with his spirit. And, and I'm going to tell you, God will bless you. He will help you. He will strengthen you. And, and he'll bring you up and over every obstacle. Either you jump over it or you run through it. It doesn't matter what hell might send your way. It could be like a Mack truck with your name on the grill. It'll just be derailed. It'll, it'll go off the road right before it runs you over. Learn to stand. Learn to resist the devil. Learn to pray. Learn to give. Learn to fast. Learn to be a disciple. So many people are struggling, but they're not willing to really learn the truth of how to have victory. I am preaching better than your amen. Well, hallelujah. All right, what one wants to do, how, how to give the greatest gift of this season. First thing is, you realize that you're building a bridge to people in your life. I mean, think about the new people that you met. Think about all the, the people you said hi to. You know, we lived on the island of Molokai for a number of years. There's about 7,000 people on that island. Everybody waves to everybody. Anybody, anybody in a small town? I mean, like small town. You know, two wings off, two finger off the wheel. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so you drive into Molokai, every car you pass is this. You see a car coming, you're just going to pick your two fingers up. <laughs> and you can see everybody go like this. It's not like, hi. Oh, there are some on Molokai that wave that way, but like this. <laughs> Anybody been to Molokai? Okay, then you know that you just caught my joke. And so they would wave. Do you know I'm waving to all the people in my neighborhood? I'm waving to them all the time. Now, some people look through me, but other people are starting to wave. You say, what's that about? I'm building a bridge. And soon I'll be at the Tesoro putting diesel in my truck. And there's going to be that person I've been waving to for three months. And they're going to be like, hey, that's the guy that I'll be like, hey, remember me, right? <laughs> what are you doing? You're building a bridge. Listen, everything you do in your life, you're building a bridge. That's why you should tip huge all, all around. All around. Listen, don't invite, any, don't invite people to church if you're a cheapskate when you're tipping. Just don't tell them, don't tell them you come here. Build a bridge. Everybody say build a bridge. Cultivate relationships so that you can share the love of God with people. There's great power. Look at B. There's great power in praying specifically for individuals. There really is. You know, years ago, we used to put up a whiteboard and write people's names on that whiteboard in our prayer room. We're going to put it up in the new year. We're going to put up another whiteboard and have time where we're praying, you know, in January, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll encourage you to come to our prayer room, a set barn that's on the property 
our new property over there, right past the new Dodge dealership on the, on the service road, and you'll be able to roll right onto our property at the end there. And we're going to have some all-night times of prayer as we do in January and other times. And we're going to pray. And those whiteboards, we'd write people's names on it. Do you know what I found? I found an ongoing testimony of everyone that ever put a name on that whiteboard years later. Every one of those people are saved. You know, some of you might be saved because somebody prayed for you. Be prepared to share. Everybody say, be prepared to share. All right, if you look at your notes, you look all the way down the Romans Road. I wrote it down there. You can fold it up, put it in your wallet. You can put it in your, put it in your purse. The Romans Road is very simply the gospel. Pastor Alex, would you come, please? It's very simply the gospel. I'm going to read it to you. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's everyone. Everyone's messed up. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 10, 9, come on, I'll put it right there. Say it right out loud. If you declare with your mouth, come on, everybody, you can do it. You can do it. You ready? Set? Go. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we've, we've used this. We've used soul-winning scripts. I think the number one thing is you got to have it in your heart to, to do it. I heard one preacher say this. Now, if it offends you, just remember that I didn't come up with it. All right? He says, if you can walk past people on a daily basis in your life and never share the love of Jesus with them, you probably have hell on you. And his logic which I believe is sound. See, we just get insulated. We get myopic in our view. We're like, you know, you got to go. You got to do your thing. We got to do our thing. And just, you know, it would be nice to people, but, you know, bridge the gap and be uncomfortable. What if they don't like me? What if they reject me? Well, statistically, there's only two or three people that like you anyway, statistics say. So it doesn't really matter, does it? got to let the truth of God's word that there really is a hell and you'll really give an account for how you live to every idle word. You let those things burn in you. And like Ezekiel, I've done some crazy witnessing before. I mean like hundreds of people in an airport stopped the whole thing. And it wasn't because I was like all on fire and ready to do it. Let me tell you how God does it for me. Many times. I hear this. The watchman who's on the wall sees the army coming if he doesn't blow the trumpet. The blood of the people are on his hands. That comes from Ezekiel. And, and it, the picture's clear. There's a wall around a city, and there's a watchman seeing if there's any marauders, any barbarians. And when the barbarians come, the marauders come, the enemy's army comes to plunder the city with all of the loved ones on the inside. If the watchman sits there and doesn't blow the trumpet, then it's his fault and God will hold the guy accountable for the, for the loss of life and the death that happens because he didn't blow a trumpet. There really is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And whether you realize it or not, all of us are called to be watchmen on the wall. Every one of us are called. 
Now, you might have different giftings. Just use your giftings however it is. Those times when I've stood in the, in the midst of people and the Lord speaks that scripture to me, I'm like, oh, come on, God. And then I'm pressured into it. In other words, you know, if they all die and they don't know me and you didn't take the opportunity. Listen, God talks to me like that. He says, son, you can do it. That's why I placed you here. I know you can do it. Come on, look what I did for you. Come on, there's other people in body. You can do it, you can do it, son. And he whispered to me, and I'm kind of like, Ugh, be quiet. Shh, shh, shh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then it just gets so loud, neither I'm just going to be in sin or I'm going to yield and obey. And so then I have to choose, do I want it? Do I want to be in sin or do I want to actually obey him? This is just some of the things that God messes with me. God's speaking to some of you right now. You know there's some people you need to call to see how it is with them. You have to be all religious and critical and don't do that. Don't beat people up. But reach to them. Love them. Help them. Come on, some of you are the only Jesus people will ever see. How do you know you might be the only one the only one that will share the good news with that person. Take advantage of special opportunities to hear the gospel. What you see up on the platform is a half-built stage set. We are doing, once again, a production called The Birthday of the King. It is an allegory, fictitious event that shows real-life truth. It's called the birthday of the king, but that's what Christmas is all about. The king was born in a manger. And it's kind of like a Dr. Seuss meets uh, a C.S. Lewis mix. It's a musical. It's tremendous. And uh, we have posters and handbills. Won't you, won't you take these? Won't you take these and get them out? Would you? Would you help us? December 18th, 19th, and the 20th. At, at nine and there's a cast in, of about 90 people we've never had a cast of 90 people it's amazing 90 people I remember we tried to do it like 12 I'm exaggerating I think it was 20 something remember that? that's a long time ago there's 90 people that are committed their lives to do it why? and they're working they're playing would you please pray for that over the next uh couple weeks as we move towards that event it's an opportunity to share the gospel so here's what we want to do big old stacks just like the first service you ready want big stacks of tickets like big ones okay you ready ushers help me out and just hand big piles up to the end person on all the roads and just pass it down and if you don't want to take them it's okay just leave them on the seat after service we'll come pick them up we've spent all kinds of money printing and doing all kinds of stuff all right can I have a big old stack could you, could you, could you bring me just bring me that whole thing here guys this is what I want you to do right like this watch this ushers ushers watch Both sides, all the way down. Please. Why would you do that? Because people are going to give their hearts to Jesus through this event. 
People are going to get saved through this event. So take advantage of it. All right, you might not be an evangelist, but you can do your part. Come on, you can go like this. You can, yeah, how many of you are probably going to go get a cup of coffee or something at some point this week? Raise your hand. All right, you don't drink coffee. I'm going to pray for you. Father, help those that drink. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you probably, you, how many of you might go out and get a sandwich or something? How many are going to buy, how many are going to buy food at some point? Great. So when you're buying food, have these in your purse, have them on your person, and just say, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but hey, once you come to this thing, it's going to be awesome. C.S. Lewis meets Dr. Seuss. Come check it out. And give them a ticket. Plaster the whole place. Listen, do you know what Moonies are? Does anybody know what a Moonie is? Okay, it is a cult. And they have flown whole groups. Listen to me closely, please. They have flown whole groups of young, charismatic, young adults into our state. And they're plastering all of Anchorage and they're plastering our whole valley with nice little trinkets that you can buy. And I'm telling you, if you buy them, you're supporting a cult. But at the same time, somebody ought to tell them the truth. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You've already been approached. Okay, if you haven't, they're coming. They push through this whole week because they make lots of money from people that just want to bless the cute little young adults in, at Christmas time to help help the Christian. They're not Christians. It's not Christian. It's a cult. Every one of them comes to me. I kind of take a deep breath. We had somebody come up to the truck and we were exhausted. We had to hurry and get home. They're coming to the truck. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no. I don't have time. And I had to repent for that. I got to go find them and give them the double barrel love of Jesus to them. I know just what she looks like. Asian girl. Bless her. I had a kid that I told him he was in a cult. I almost won him over to Christ. So close, so close last year. Give him a ticket. Maybe they'll be in town. Give them to everyone you know. Why? Because you don't know if that ticket actually might be a bridge, might be a way that we could give the greatest gift of all season, the love of Jesus. A hell to shut and heaven to gain. Can you say amen? amen? Now we're going to do one more thing. We're going to take an offering for the birthday of the king. It's costly. And so ushers, help us with that. Please. We've purchased some equipment in faith. We believe God to release those resources right now. I will tell you that we're being a good steward over our equipment that we're purchasing. Anything we buy now at this time has got to fit in the next building. So we're not going to be wasting anything. That's why you see the stained carpet, the stained chairs and stuff. I'm hesitating on replacing it all because we're soon going to be moving out when our building's done. And, you know, putting new carpet in there. How many know it costs $20,000-plus to put new carpet in here? Did you know that? Yeah, it's a lot of money. So, come on. Avoid spilling your mocha. Let's be a good steward. And I don't know if we might replace these two middle sections, but we're trying to be good stewards. We've purchased lights and all kinds of things that we needed for the production, and so it's all for reaching the lost. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
So let's let's receive that. I think you already passed out envelopes for those who need it. Uh, we do have text to give also if you want to utilize that. I think those of you know how to do that. You can. Ushers, would you come? Did you get something from God? Come on, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to share the love of Jesus with people. Father, we thank you for the birthday of the King. We thank you for Pastor Alex, Minister Micah, and the team, 90-plus cast members. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace. It's resting upon them, I pray. Lord, everyone, help them in their songs and the memorization of lines and all of the lighting, technical aspects of their production. God, help us with that. And then, Lord, we would see the community, those that don't know Christ, respond, and even those that do to to be encouraged in their wall. Lord, that they would respond and come and pack this place out every night that we do it. Lord, may we even have overflow. We thank and praise you. And I bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. for the devil and his minions. But God is a God of justice. And what he had to do is he had to send his son to pay for your sin and mine. He couldn't let it be 
unpunished. And if you could earn it, then Jesus never had to come. You see, all of us need to repent. There's a continual repentance, but there's a one-time decision where you say, no, 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 I'm sorry. And I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sin. If you are not right with God, if you are not right with God, get right with Him right now before you receive communion. You say, that's me, Pastor. Good. Get right with Him. He said, maybe you lived for Jesus when you were a kid, but you, but you haven't been living for Him recently. Maybe you're not as on fire as you used to be. You need to recommit your life to the Lord. Give yourself the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. Repentance and receiving God's gift for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place. Thank you that He rose again from the grave for me. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill and touch each and everyone. Break every bondage, every chain. And use these for the purpose for which you've created them. In Jesus' name. Ushers, would you begin to serve as we continue to worship God with love? Oh, the blood of Jesus.
you get something from God today? While we're continuing to serve, apparently, the message I preached last Sunday was a bomb from God destroying the works of the enemy. And, you know, you're never quite sure. I mean, we just bring what we feel the Lord wants us to bring, but I guess it, it had it had some unction on it. And it was on depression. If you struggle with depression at all, and you were not here, and you didn't hear that word, you need to go get it. You need to go hear it and apply it to your life. And if the Lord will allow me, I'm going to do part two tonight. Because I, I just felt like, wow, I guess we hit a nerve. Let's hit it again. You don't have to be depressed. And a lot of people struggle with that. And it could be a vitamin D issue. How many of you know that? Pretty well depleted right around this time of the year. But there's other reasons. And you can get set free from depression. You don't have to be depressed. Don't miss tonight. Lord allows me to preach. I believe he will. I'm going to preach part two on the, on the message on depression. And it was a life-changing word, apparently, for many people. I had people calling me, people texting, people emailing the church. Just amazing. So don't miss tonight. We all ready? Just about. Pastor Karen, would you join me up on the front here? Jesus was betrayed. He, thank you. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And in likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant my blood which is shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So Father, today with this cracker and this grape juice, powerful symbols indeed, we stand before you and thank you that you set your son. Thank you that it's by his stripes we're healed. Thank you, Lord, for the broken body, Lord, that brought healing to us and the blood that was shed that brought forgiveness and newness of life. Now, Lord, we ask just again for you to examine our hearts. Come on, ask the Holy Spirit to examine you now. You know our rising up. You know our setting down. See if there be any wicked way in me that we might repent. God, forgive us for wrong thoughts, attitudes, or motives times where we didn't heed your voice times when you urged us to share our faith and we didn't we receive your forgiveness 1 John 1 9 you are faithful and just to forgive us from all our sins when we repent to you God thank you for your righteousness that's imputed to us because of your son receive that now in Jesus name and we declare Maranatha come on back Jesus come soon Lord we give you praise in Jesus name amen let's eat and drink together Somebody ought to say hallelujah.
Glory to God. Service is over. Let's go ahead and close. If you'd pass those cups or the shards. Got some new folks here. Let me, let me explain to you the crushing sound. Preached a message 10 years ago or something. I mean, a long time ago here. And uh, about breaking the curse of sin and breaking chains and crush the cup at communion and folks been crushing it ever since so it's you don't have to crush your cup okay it's all right all right let's close take someone by the hand father we thank and praise you for what you've done today your word truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path and we ask god lord that you'd go before us you'd hem us in before and behind that you would use us lord to reach this community in a powerful way Help us, God, through the birthday of the King, through our own witnessing and sharing of what you've done for us. Lord, thank you. Cause there to be a tremendous revival, Lord, even in the state, even in the nation. We declare and proclaim Alaska. Hear the word of the Lord. You shall be. United States of America, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be. Lord, we thank you. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. Don't miss tonight. Service starts at 6 o'clock. Commission leaders at 5. Bless you. Hey, don't forget Monday night, Dr. Morocco. One night, Monday night, 7 o'clock. Right here, you want to get here early. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.